Friendshiping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is Friendshiping. And the theme this week is group dynamics. Sexy. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen. Spider Jen. Spider Jen. Does whatever a spider Jen can. Everyone in the office is lucky that I'm even in here today, that I deign to do anything but play video games. So you're enjoying the spider things. Oh, am I? Trin, I should be saving New York right now. <laughs> so this is a, a video game. It's a video game. Yes. And spider you're, Jen. Spider you're the Jen. Jen. Spider. You've got eight legs and a lot of eyes. <laughs> you eat flies, drink their blood, make a home out of stuff comes out of your butt. It doesn't come out of my butt. Isn't it? comes that... out of my wrist. Oh, you. Oh, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a little bit high today because I've been uh, painting my nails in the in the booth because I'm traveling this weekend. So you know when you're traveling, you just everything you need to get done, you're just jamming it into your schedule. Oh yeah, yeah. So like I'm painting my nails now because that's necessary. Of course, I'm going to a wedding, oh, so fun. I'm painting my nails black for the occasion. That makes sense. Yes. The morning color, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jen, <laughs> also look at this. What? You're handing me a mysterious envelope. Well, I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, you don't have to. It's just an envelope. It's so. I, oh, I, vote by mail ballot. Yeah, I vote by mail. Uh, so do I. So every do I. year, because I don't uh, feel like going anywhere. Yeah, or waiting in line. Uh-oh. Yeah. Do as we say, not as we do. Definitely vote and wait in line. I mean, definitely vote and wait in line. But like maybe next time, get your vote by mail and then avoid all of this shit. Get your vote on. Oh, no. Hey, now, get, get your, your mail on. on. Get your vote on. By mail. Okay. Um, it is clear that this is not going well, and we should just start answering I questions. Think, I think that's correct. Ready? <laughs> so we're talking about gro- – well, let's, let's lead in. Okay. Yeah. We're talking <laughs> 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 We're talking about <laughs> – we're talking about group dynamics, and both of these questions are difficult – and both of these askers are in situations that we would never want to be in. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not you. And both of these askers are in situations that I feel like this could have been avoided. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. On some level. Ain't that the way of it? You could have fixed this a long time ago. Yeah. In question one. Hey, friendshippers. Later, Hi. Later this fall, I'm embarking on a trip with my two best friends. We met years ago in college, and since then we've moved to different corners of the continent and kept in touch through social media and group chat that is very, very active every week, sometimes every day. Through the years, we managed to visit each other, but never the three of us at the same time. So this will be the first time in six years. I'm excited, but also want to be prepared. In the past, we've sometimes had a dynamic where one of us will get on the other two's nerves and have to be confronted. Me, for starters. Maybe it's the threes a crowd thing. I know that some things about our lives are different now, and it'll feel like a lot of changes have happened since the last time we were all together. There'll be lots of physical and emotional exposure to one another after many years apart. How can I help my friends and myself stay comfortable and happy and have the best visit ever? Oh, traveling she slash they pronouns. Goodness gracious, ass is bodacious. Trin doesn't want you to do this at all. I don't think you should do this at all. This sounds like a nightmare. This sounds like an absolute shitting nightmare. (laughs) Like, I know I've said this before, but like there are literally 
four people on the entire planet that I could spend a night with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Jen, you're the perfect hotel roommate, as we've spoken about before. Because I'm quiet and I go to bed early. No, because you can't smell anything. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't have a sense of smell. Right. If you were loud and you stayed up all night, I could put up with that because also you're perfect in other ways. Thank you. But if I hadn't seen you in six years... I mean, this is going to be rough. You know why? It's because this is a text chain friendship. This is a pocket friend that you're now bringing back into IRL meet space. Yes. And that is difficult no matter what you do. And traveling with people that you love and see every day is difficult too. Maybe because they've been apart for so long that this will go okay. Because they have so much to talk about. I, I can't imagine wanting to travel with people again who I've had like confrontational like fights fights with that is a really good point like how bad is the friction yeah i mean i love traveling with some friends but also we don't fight yeah we just yeah how rough is this friction between y'all like is it just a little tension after a long time together or is there like a pattern of you being rude i think it's the word confrontation that bugs me because so this could be a couple of different things so one it could just be a hey you know what i think you might be hangry you want a lar bar baby you want a lar bar you want a lar bar you want a luna bar you want my pocket all night <laughs> So that's different from you've really been a dick for the past few days and we are ganging up on you right now because it is such a problem that we need to hash it out or we will murder each other in the night. Yeah. That's very concerning to me. Okay, so about this like threesome dynamic. (laughs) At some point, it has to feel and it will feel uneven or imbalanced because there's no perfectly balanced friendship. And three people is very difficult. Like, you know, they're like, oh, two's company and three's a crowd or whatever. What is it? Three's a company and two's crowd? What is it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Three people's difficult. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because at some point, someone might feel left out or like you gave them a compliment, but not me a compliment. <laughs> right, right. And I also feel like, and this could be wildly off base. I'm going to say it anyway. Say it. But I do feel like in a group of three, there often is the fulcrum friend. No matter how close you feel to both of those friends, like, for example, I'm super tight with friend B and friend B is super tight with me and friend C. I like friend C, but I think that I would cry on the shoulder of only friend B. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like, Like, who is the fulcrum friend? Who's who's the glue? Who keeps the texture going? I feel like it might be the asker. Yeah, because they kind of are taking charge of this. Yeah. And that's something to keep in mind as you head into this trip. You might have to be the grown up a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Or the entire time. And that is like, be good to yourself when you do that. It kind of sounds like you're already doing the emotional labor before the thing even starts. So I guess what I would recommend, Trin recommends just not doing this at all. But knowing (laughs) that you are going to do it anyway, uh, (laughs) you got to be able to hit reset often. Hit reset on the conversation, on your mood, on the setup of how things are like unfolding throughout the day. I I mean, I think that there's a certain amount of like our general traveling with friends advice that will definitely be applicable like that. Make sure you've got food. Yeah. Allergy meds. Yeah. Before you get snippy, ask yourself, did you have your coffee, caffeine? Did you have your allergy meds? Is there food in your tummy? But then there's also the added dynamic of Are you sure that two of you need to gang up on the other and have a confrontation? Yeah, what? Like, that should be the last resort. That is a good point, Trin. Like, that shouldn't be the the thing you you go to first. Right. So one of the things that we say when you have some beef with a friend, I like asking for backup. I think that that's important. And it's especially good as a little reality check to be like, okay, yes, this is actually a problem. But your first instinct should not be, hey, I need to get backup. I need to corner this person. It should be... In the moment, 
hey, like just, oh, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, checking in. I mean, this these are your friends, your friends of many, many years. I can't quite grok why the first thing you would do would be to like corner them. Yeah, and I'm not even necessarily even getting from the question that like, you know, it's day one confrontation. But the fact that you mentioned it makes me feel like it happens every time you guys get together. Yeah, that's true. And you know, this friend group sounds a little stressful and then adding traveling on top of it adds an extra layer of stress. Right. So you're probably going to have to ask a lot of yourself. You're going to have to be very flexible. So it, it could very well be that you've already made the travel plans. And of course, like I say, you know, I just bail. I just, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, like, yeah. no thanks. Maybe for the next traveling, I understand that you guys are all in different corners of the world and then that is very difficult. Could you possibly meet on somebody's home turf? Because although that person will have an unfair advantage of the comfort of home, you all also get to partake in that, in that it's a, hey, can I just crash on the couch for a little while? I love that, Trin. That's so smart. There's a host. Right. And that actually kind of might restore the balance a little bit. And uh, Trin, you said something really smart before we started recording, which was these friends in this group shouldn't wait for something to go wrong. Yeah. They should try to talk things out just as soon as they notice that things might be getting uneven or testy. Yeah, yeah. It's not, let's wait until this is unbearable. And then lash out. Right. Yeah. And again, like, I, I'm sure you're listening to this and being like, we're all three very reasonable people. And the way that we deal with our problems is very reasonable. But you wrote to us, which makes me feel like this is a bigger problem than you are grokking. Yeah. And everyone's unreasonable some of the time. And I am definitely unreasonable when I'm hungry or traveling. I'm unreasonable when I don't have internet access. Mm -hmm. Like I need to feel somewhat like I can reach out and like get help and stuff. So yeah. like, and it's and those and everybody has different qualifications for their mental health. Through the years, we've managed to visit each other and other three of us at the same time. I'm excited, but also want to prepare. In the past, we've sometimes had the dynamic where one of us will get on the other two nerves and be confronted. So when does that happen if you haven't seen each other in six years? Do the do the little fights happen over texting? That's my concern. Yeah, that's so interesting, Trin. And, you know, you can't, obviously you can't read, like, tone. And people are more likely to jump to conclusions when they're reading the words rather than being near the person. Also, people will say things via text or tweet or whatever that they would never say in person or right. even out loud. Right. So, okay, my interpretation of this right now is they went to school together. And this is maybe their third visit with the three of them all together. Just because I don't think that confrontation over text makes sense. I feel like it, that would have been mentioned. Right. Like we fought over text a couple months ago. Right. So is it that six years ago they were in school together or is it six years ago that they traveled together for the first time? I can't tell. So if this is the first time that you've seen each other in six years and six years ago is when you were in school, this is folly. <laughs> This is pure folly that the three of you haven't seen each other in six years. You've only kept in touch via text, and now you're, like, going to go see the Grand Canyon together? This seems like the start of a road trip movie. Right. <laughs> someone's going to die. All, so, all three of die. you are going to have to like, murder someone. Or each other. And you're going to have to bury the body and, you know, keep your secrets for life. And, well, okay, but real talk, if you do accidentally hit somebody with your car, please go to the police. Don't bury them on the side of the road. I know that that's what movies have taught you to do, but it's really not a good idea. Report your murders. I feel like this asker is ready to go on an adventure. And that's exactly what this is going to be. This is going to be a fucking adventure. You're going to have some stories after this. You know what might be cute? What? Is if they, what if one of you set an alarm for like 3 p.m. every day and it's family meeting time and at 3 p.m. every day, you have to be perfectly honest with your feelings. 
air the grievances. Oh, say what say what's on your chest. Like we a, a daily state of our union, and and then you're heading it off at the pass. And everyone has to, everyone who wants to talk gets to talk. Yes. Maybe ha- have something available to be like the totem that you pass around the room. Oh, the, yeah. The speaking yeah. totem. It's hard for me to answer this question because I find the idea of traveling with two people that I haven't seen in six years to be completely untenable and is something I would never, ever, ever do. I don't think you could pay me to do it. I know. I was thinking like, you know, Trin, we get some tricky questions. Like sometimes when we hear from people that go to parties or extroverts, we're like, wow, we would never do that. But this one is just like, Whoa. Like I can't even wrap my mind around Are it. Are you an alien? <laughs> No, I actually think I think this person is an adventurous person who's who's deciding to do something they know is a little bit risky. But I think this person is deeply emotionally stable in a way that I cannot even comprehend. <laughs> I think that's the only way that I could I can imagine this going well. Okay, so ask her one. No matter what we've said today, what we want is daily updates from you. Oh, my God. Tweet us every weird thing your friends say. So seriously. Everything you smell in the car if you're road tripping together. So imagine that you're on, like, the the real world, and you know how they have that confessional booth where you, like, just, like, yell about, like, Kaylee has been eating all of the fish sticks. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously. Give give us the dirty details. We want to know because this is unreal. And, And we also think that, like, maybe you're level, like, 500 friend in a way we don't understand. Maybe you're very normal. Maybe you're way more normal than us and we can't picture this because we are broken. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Occasionally we do hear from nice normal people. Oh boy. They're in out conclu- there. In yeah, conclusion. In conclu- get us out of this. Get us out of this. I can't. I'm just, I'm, I'm upset thinking about this. Oh, let's just give some an inspirational message then. Assuming this person is nice and normal, let's just say everything you will need to get through this trip is already inside you. Yes. That's all I have. Jen, I can't even give them advice. I just want to know what happens next. Really, the in conclusion, and we've had, we've given tiny amounts of advice in between us being like, you made a bad choice. Um, (laughs) So first of all, just do the the basics of self-care, which is make sure that you have your meds, make sure that you've got food, make sure that you've got water, make sure that you uh, have access to a bathroom. And remember that all of these things are things that are difficult when you're traveling and they are they will be difficult for everybody in the group on different levels. Some people are angry when they don't have their coffee. Some people could give a shit whether or not you stop at a Starbucks, first of all. Next, beyond being sensitive to other people, be extremely sensitive to yourself because you can only control how you take care of yourself and how you react to other people. And then three, I really do like the State of the Union check-in every day. Yeah. Yeah, if it's if it feels hokey, that probably means you're doing it right. Right. And oh, also, do not wait until there's a confrontation where two of you have to gang up on the other. Yeah, like, that that's way too long. No, 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 no. That something has gone wrong several times over if that's what it comes to. If it crosses your mind to pull over friend B to talk about friend C, that's the moment that you need to actually do something. That's the time to be the grown-up. Yes. It's not um let's form a coalition of the normal. Yeah, no texting about the other person. Uh-huh. This is really going to, I mean, like Trin said, you can only control your own behavior here. Yes. So make sure you're behaving. Okay, mom friend, you've now been designated fairy squad mother. Move forward. God bless you. Oh, this next question. This next question is another one that just stresses me out to think about. So I'm going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jen and Trin. I'm part of a closely knit musical community, which includes my partner of over a year, my roommate, and several friends of ours. One key aspect of this community has been a jam that's been going on for years, of which I've become one of the hosts. 
Over the past year or so, I've become increasingly bothered by the behavior of a particular person, let's call him Paul, in our group. He's a cis-het male who takes up a lot of space a lot of the time. My partner has tried to talk to Paul about his behavior and what is and is not appropriate at this jam on multiple occasions with very little success. It even seems like having those talks has only made Paul feel more self-assured that he understands how to act because he's talked about it and drawn conclusions that are convenient to him. Also, Paul's recent ex-partner has expressed discomfort about being around him in this setting, but they're otherwise cordial. I feel like it's my responsibility to address this, both for myself and to make our community a more inclusive space. Here's the twist. My roommate has recently started dating Paul. Oh, God. Ugh, and it's serious. Ew. She knows very well what I think about him. If it weren't for the fact that we're living together, I wouldn't be too bothered by this. As it is, I'm trying my best to balance being fair and considerate to her as a roommate and friend while also expressing my own needs and boundaries in my own home. I told her that I need a lot of communication about when he'd be coming to our home. I'm concerned about sharing space in a small apartment, and I also do not like the idea of seeing this person, Paul, face when I walk out of my room in the morning. I know it's going to happen, but I'd prefer to avoid it as much as possible by planning to stay at my partner's when necessary or by her planning to stay with hers. She hopes that ultimately her partner can come and go as mine has been able to. No. <laughs> Paul sucks. I said I'd gladly communicate more about my plans as well, but this situation isn't the same. My partner is extremely sensitive and considerate. She herself has described my partner as the best and kindest person she knows. Then why is she dating Paul? Ugh, it's, there's so much. I told her that this isn't just about me being around Paul, but about him being in our home, which feels especially intimate and invasive to me, given the way he has made me feel in our community, and that I haven't yet addressed my concerns with him. I feel like I have no safe space from this person. I'm angry and I'm frustrated. I have two questions. What is a good and effective way as a community leader to talk with a thick-headed, cis-hat male about his behavior? I'm inclined to say, take up less space or you're not welcome in this situation. Is that too harsh? Is that not clear enough for someone who may not even understand how exactly he is taking up excess space? And question two, what is fair to ask of my roommate in this situation? I refuse to sacrifice my comfort in my own home, and yet I'd prefer not to lose a friendship over this. Please help. Thank you so much. Pronouns she, her. Wow. A kid in musical theater who's annoying to be around? Now I've, now I've heard everything. <laughs> Thanks for letting me deliver that joke, Trin. I oh, appreciate God. it. Anytime. It was very much needed. And I mean, like, so it's, a, so it's a jam session that's been going on for a year. So it's these creative people who come together to just let loose, which sounds amazing. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, Paul is also showing his face over the weekends or in the weeknights because he's dating your roommate. Yes. So you need a big break from this person. Yes. And you're not getting it. So there's a number of complexities here. So... First of all, because your partner is involved in the community and in the jam space, and because he's also a cis-het male, I think it was a good move to try and get your partner to talk to him first. Because, ultimately, that is who he would listen to. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that is a good, true effort. Trin, we also searched this question for clues that this person was making other people physically uncomfortable or unsafe in the community space. We got none of those clues. We got no. a lot of signals that he is annoying. And then you said he takes up too much space. And your question was, is telling this person they take up too much space clear enough to get them to knock it off? No. No, not, not at even, all. That no. is not clear at all what you mean. 
I understand what you mean. I mean, I can assume you mean that they take over conversations or they're rude or disrespectful or they talk over people or they give unsolicited advice and feedback when it was completely not necessary. I can infer what you mean by that. But to someone else who's doing these acts, not at all. They would immediately turn it up a notch, especially a theater kid. They oh, 100%. Would, they would, if you're telling them to be quiet, they're going to they're gonna be louder. Yes. I mean, in all of these behaviors, and again, we're, we have to move forward with the assumption that he's doing things that are annoying, uncomfortable, that make people feel small, but that are not like criminal and that are not easy to address because these are things that society said, yes, please do this. Our world produces white men who are unnecessarily loud and think that everything they have to say is interesting and important. That's what we do. He might think he's a leader. Yes. He might think he's like the same level as you as a, as a leader in this community. I, I'm going to say there's almost no doubt that he does not feel that way. His assumption is that he is special, important, and correct, and it is backed up at almost every turn in his life because that is what the world is. And this is in a way that you will actually never truly understand. So keep your expectations low and be more cautious as a group when you invited new people because the behaviors that you are asking him to address, they seem to be largely microaggressions and you cannot take responsibility for training him out of that. That's like a lifelong course of study. Exactly. And your partner has done the work and you chose well. <laughs> yeah, good job. Yeah. He has not chosen to do the work. You cannot force him to do it. Yeah. And you said they take up too much space. So if you do decide to sit this person down, have a talk, explain why this isn't working out well, you have to be extremely specific about what is not working. You cannot go to someone and say, you talk too much. They'll be like, no, I don't. Or why would you, why are you trying to silence me? You need to say, hey, last night when, when we were having rehearsal and we were trying to make everyone focus and instead you talked about this for 45 minutes or you came in the room while we were doing our rehearsal, that was really inappropriate. And yes. it, re it really got everyone off course. I need you to never do that again. Yeah. You have to like list times and dates of the misbehavior and be ready to recite it at them like a litigator in court. Right. Oh, I needed you to uh, pick up the xylophone, but you decided you needed the sousaphone instead. But as a group, we needed the xylophone. Like, things like that. Like, yeah. I, Jen, I thousand percent agree with you because, again, he there's almost no way he has any understanding of his actions whatsoever. Yeah. And, and now that your roommate is dating him and she's also in the community or is she not in the Un community? Unclear. Um, so I, I am going to say that she probably is in the community. That's probably how they met. Or she's at least adjacent to the community. His behavior has been rewarded with closer relationships. He's getting a lot of feedback that he's doing fine. I know. Oh, so when you if you want to be the person or invite your partner to be this person again, if they sit down this person and talk about what's going wrong. Don't editorialize. No. You can't say, last night you burst into the room while Janine was practicing her solo. <laughs> you say, Janine was practicing her solo and you came in the room and interrupted and you didn't apologize. And it, it really threw up the dynamic all night. I need you to knock or not come in when we're practicing. Yeah. And also, dude, well, not dude. This is a she, her. But she, her, listen, you're not perfect. Are you white? Then your people of color friends are absolutely putting up with your intense caucasity. Yeah. Yeah. That's another side of this trend. It's like, OK, you're annoyed with this person, but you're super, super, super annoyed because you see them way more than everyone else. You're like your meter for tolerating them is very low. That's also true. Yeah. Which, which sucks. But it also means like you need to talk to your roommate. But I, I, I guess where I was going with that statement is more on the level of I want you to approach this topic not with this feeling of I am a woman 
and it is my job and blah, blah, blah. Like I am oppressed. I want you to go in with a, yo, dude, I fucked up too. And right now you are doing more loud fuck ups and you are doing them near me. But I'm not saying you have to like forgive people for being idiots. I'm not saying that you have to like accept people who like do microaggressions upon you. What I am saying is please don't feel so self-righteous about this because you have privileges that cause you to microaggress as well. No matter how much mindfulness you have, like you, you're fucking up too, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Like, I w- I do want the asker to consider, to zoom out and consider their own privilege here yes. and never stop considering it. Yes. Especially as a leader in this, of this musical tree group or whatever the fuck you are. <laughs> Gosh, now that you said that like that, Jen, it makes me think about how nebulous this group is because it's not a band. It's not um, like a, a show that you guys put on. This is a jam session where you all should feel free to express yourself. And this guy's self-expression is far louder than other people's. It may be that he doesn't suit your group. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're upsetting the dynamic. Right. If he's the oddball out, I mean, you don't have to kick his ass out, I guess. But I think that making clear that he's the only one. <laughs> And also, everyone else in the group has been accepting of this behavior. For a long time. It says for years. And if this is a close-knit community, man, people need to also speak up for themselves. I'm not saying that you don't have the bulk of the responsibility here as a leader, but we're talking about a jam session. You know, you're not like the, the, um, what's it called when you have the drum major? You're not a drum major. You're not the band director. You know, you're just somebody who has been part of the group for longer than him. You are a community leader, but if you don't have the backing of your community, this isn't going to work. I think you need some backup as well. And you sought that out with your partner at first, but it seems like you two are the only one doing the work. And I think other people need to speak up too. And that's going to be really hard and create tension with your roommate. Oh, the roommate. I forgot about the roommate. Yeah, the roommate's hard. So so how do we want to cap off the talking about the band? So, okay, so first of all, great that you're taking responsibility. You are the band mom. Awesome. Two, remember how nebulous this is because it's not, there aren't clearly defined rules here. And three, yeah, I mean, a conversation has to happen and you are right to assume that he probably doesn't even have the words to describe the behaviors that he's exhibiting. Mm -hmm. And the next time this person does something obnoxious, let's say they interrupt while someone else is talking or they, I don't know, jump on stage while someone is working hard on something. Mm -hmm. You need to prepare and be ready to say, stop it in the moment. Yes. And the times in my life where I've had to tell people to knock it off in the moment has not felt good. Right. But it felt good later. Yeah. Um, not always. Sometimes it's like, oh, I could have really handled that better. Or that was, I got really messy. Or like, oh, I raised my voice and really I wish I stood, I, w- I wish I had been like this calm, cool leader like Dumbledore. It is not going to be easy to do it no matter what. So maybe practice in the mirror. Hey, Paul, please don't interrupt. Hey, Paul, we're working on this right now. You got to find your words. And sometimes you have to say the thing. Say it, say it, yeah. say it, say it to Paul. Paul, please stop. Saying stop it, moment. Paul. Stop, Paul. Paul, I'm stop Paul. it. Ah, but I loved Paul. <laughs> Paul, like, it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I don't know why. Paul, you, you like, suck. I loved you suck. <laughs> clarinet. <laughs> Paul loves to suck. Paul loves to clarinet. Beyond talking about it in the situation, you know, it, what's interesting to me is I like to always start off these conversations and these, like, thought experiments about annoying people. <laughs> <laughs> with the understanding that they probably don't want to be annoying. 
they probably don't want to be shitty and they don't want to make people feel uncomfortable and they have no idea what the shit they're doing. Oh, man. Yeah, Trin, that's good. That's good. Okay. Maybe you should be harsh to Paul, but also maybe you should go into this with the understanding that if the roles were reversed, right. wouldn't you want Paul to tell you this in like a nudge secret, like, hey, um, just so you know, when you do that, uh, Sarah gets really sad. So don't do that. I really think that the asker is going to know which direction will be better for Paul and for their voice specifically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For me, just thinking about this, and honestly, the only reason why I can think about this in such clear terms is because I'm not in it and I'm not actively angry at Paul right now. I'm starting to get angry I, at Paul. Sam, and I'm also getting a little angry at the asker. Why or not? <laughs> but uh, it's also kind of like, hey, Paul, listen, uh, I, I feel like you don't know you're doing this, but every now and again, you'll kind of like talk over or be a little too loud or take up a little too much space. And I don't think you know that you're doing it. So I kind of want to work with you to make sure that you fit in a little bit better here and that you make people comfortable. Because I think that's what you want. I think you want to be better part of this group. And you're kind of acting like a leader, which I love that you want to take initiative. You say that even though you don't. Yeah. Nobody yeah, wants Paul to take initiative. It's a compliment sandwich, yeah. Yes. Hey, Paul, um, you have great hair. Your personality sucks. <laughs> I love your shoes. You're bad at clarinet. It could be, and again, ask her, you're going to know what feels right for you, but it could be a, hey, I think we can work on this together. Would you want me to like kind of tip you off when you're doing something like this? This is like, this is something I brought up. I swear to God, in our first like few months of doing this podcast is when Max and I had a conversation in the Star Trek Museum where he was like, if I ever pull male bullshit, can you give me like a safe word? And I was like, oh, what was the safe word? Blueberries. I remember blueberries. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, you may not want to put this much work into this, and that is 100% understandable. But let's assume that you do because we want to explore all avenues of solving this problem. You could blueberries him. You could have a safe word. Yeah, you could have a safe facial expression because maybe you're playing your, your saxophone. Ooh, like you turn the your head to the eyebrows side. Down or up, up, down, yeah. up, down. Maybe you give a thumbs up. There's nothing cooler <laughs> than giving a thumbs up while playing the saxophone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Jen, yes. Yeah, I think that's what you have to do. Thumbs yes. up or thumbs down to Paul while you're saxophoning it. If, if this is not an avenue that you've tried to go down, try it. If possible, this may not be possible. Right. Add some humor. Right. Laugh about Paul to yourself. He's an idiot. Paul is doing that damn Paul thing again. Uh, Paul, you're Pauling again. Paul, there you go. Paul. Damn it, Paul. I have a friend named Paul, and and this is very fun for me to think about because he's the, the most mild-mannered. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Seattle Paul? Yeah, Seattle yeah, Paul. Yeah, he's very mild-mannered. He loves football, but <laughs> is the most mild-mannered Paul of I all like time. that to you. Those things don't they go don't. together. <laughs> no. Wait, do they to you? Are, do you, are there mild-mannered football fans? Um, I mean, technically, I just said there was one, and his name is Paul, and yeah. he was in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know. Does anyone want to date my friend Paul? Email me. Ooh, Paul's great. Paul's great and sh everyone should date him. The roommate in this question should date this new Paul. Honestly, please replace your Paul with mine. Yeah. Oh, so the second part of the yeah, question. Yeah, let's talk about this roommate thing. This is actually trickier. Because, okay, you don't want Paul in your space. Right. So can you, can you talk to your roommate? I, I don't know about this, but I'm just going to try this idea on for size. Can you talk to your roommate and say, we have a hard time with Paul at rehearsals. It's really trying and draining and requires a lot of my patience to have him here all the time because I see Paul a lot. And I'm like a community leader in this space and I have to um, manage him. And to come home, it's like an odd dynamic for me. Jen, I really like that. And honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it in those terms. So I'm glad you said that out loud because it could very well be that the roommate doesn't know how bad shit is. I kind of got from the question that they have an idea of it. Yeah. 
But I do like the idea of the benefit of the doubt of, hey, you're dating this dude, so you probably don't know how annoying he is in this musical situation. He may be perfectly courteous to you when you're doing sex. But for me, when he's doing sex, not as good. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. I tried my best. So so here's the, here's the other part of this, though. It is really a lot to ask your friend to defend their partner. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. That especially, is a lot to ask of someone. Yeah, especially if you've already established that your partner can come and go as he pleases. Right. Like, that's it's unfair in their eyes. Yes. And it, it is unfair just in general as well. Like, I know that your roommate likes your partner, and he's kind and he's wonderful. And we've got this very angelic Yeah, I like that you're like, but my partner's cool. And it's like, well, right. of course you think that. She probably thinks her partner's cool, too. Right. She probably thinks, like, okay, well, maybe he's a little bit loud, but he's so much fun. Yeah. And he's so smart, and he's got cool ideas. And, like, don't you want to be around for game nights and stuff? Please have the perspective of you love your partner. <laughs> okay. So, of and course, they seem extremely sensitive, considerate. And they probably are. They probably just started banging. And, like, the honeymoon phase of the banging period is now just beset upon them. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not the same. Here's something that sucks. You will have to have your partner come over less if you want her partner to come over less. And that is the end. Oh, shit. That's right. That's right. That's right. Your, your partner cannot sprawl out in the living room all weekend if her partner can't. Yeah. And and it's not a matter of, but my partner's so good and her partner's so bad. Yes, we get it. We know you like your partner. But that is what the contract of being a roommate is about, is that your living spaces are shared. He is now part of her living situation. He's part of her life. And if you want to change the rules, then you have to change them for both of you. That's true. And um, then otherwise, move in with your partner. Yeah. Otherwise, you're really headed for trouble, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to lose this friend. And I would say that, it, God, if there's a top five Easiest ways to lose a friend, lose a friend in five days or whatever. <laughs> One is is hating their partner, being mean to their partner, putting restrictions on their partner when there are no restrictions on yours. I don't see any way that works out that doesn't lead them to feeling very bitter. We're not saying Paul isn't bad. He is. Yeah, Paul is Paul's, Paul's a douche. But your roommate has done nothing wrong other than having terrible taste, which is not something that you can control. Unfortunately, you cannot sue her for that. I've tried. I've tried to sue my friends who date people I don't like. I God. serve them papers. I, I show up at their door and ring the bell, and I'm like, Ah-ah-ah-ah. I'm here. I'm here to um, to sue you. <laughs> <laughs> this is my deposition. Um, I don't like him. <laughs> He's. What do you have to? What do you say about that? Bad. Guess what? It's never worked. <laughs> it's and it's funny because it's one of the. I'd say that of the category of questions that we have to set aside because they're the only answer is you can't control who your friends like. That the category of my friend's partner sucks. That I mean, people ask up about their friend's shitty partner all the time. All the time. Yeah, that's yeah. one thing I never thought would happen in adulthood, but it, it so happens so all the time. People marry garbage people. Yeah, all the time. I mean, garbage people get married sometimes to your friends. Isn't that the worst? It's the worst. It's actually the worst. So, okay, we already talked about the inconclusion of the jam session, which is there are a couple ways you can go about this. You kind of need the backing of more of your community. If it's just you and your partner, I think it also seems like an insular problem that is only related to you because he might put together like, oh, her partner's talking to me because she doesn't like me. <laughs> Paul, clarinet. <laughs> Paul doesn't even play the clarinet. Paul probably plays something cool like the bass. Yeah. You know, Paul's probably really hot. You think so? I think Paul's hot, and I think that society has trained him that his hotness means that he can do whatever he wants. Well, well that's correct. Ev- all, everyone will laugh at his jokes. Everyone will like when he's loud. Society is more forgiving of people that are entertaining. 
Mm-hmm. And hot. Yes. If Paul is even one out of two there, leg up. Yep. 100%. <sighs> so, yes, I guess what sucks <laughs> is that the first part of your question is a lot clearer, which is if you are a kind of like the de facto leader, you're right. You can take some responsibility for this. You are also correct that he probably does not have words to describe the problems that he is is causing, and he doesn't know that they're problems. Jen, when you said he probably thinks he's a leader, too— Holy shit. He probably thinks he's been there many years. He probably thinks he's setting the example that if he doesn't step up, no one else will. Yes. And he's wrong. Mm -hmm. He's wrong. But he's also not getting a ton of feedback that what he's doing is wrong. Yeah. I mean, so now I'm even, I know we're going back into part A of this question again. I'm thinking about this in terms of, okay, so, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Say it. Ooh, what? Ooh, what? What? So you remember how I was in an improv class? Yeah. (laughs) I hate me. So <laughs> I don't hate you. I like you so much. Thank you. One of my favorite things you ever said about improv class was you were like, we mostly just roll around on the floor. That's true. <laughs> we do. It's great, though. I mean, like, it's um, there is something very freeing and very, like, psychologically satisfying about having no inhibitions at all with I, people. I mean, my entire refuge in life is comedy and comedy writing. So I, I pretend I don't understand, but I do. I do. And, you know, this is what not what I was going to say, but I, when you said, like, refuge in comedy, he probably sees this as a safe space for him to be him and loud and creative. And this is who he is when he is that way. Yeah, he probably is the most himself. Oh, God. Isn't that It's not heartbreaking. That's so bad. Oh. Yeah, Paul's terrible. Clarinet. So here's the thing about Paul. Paul reminds me of a young woman in my improv class who is... She's totally nice. There's something wrong with her. Like, like I'm going to tell you a story that might give you a bad impression of her, but let me be very clear that the mistakes she's making are not, like, terrible. So in improv class and in improv in general, as we all know, yes and. So when a situation is presented on stage and you are and you are entered into it, you have to agree with everything that is going on and continue the scene together. Makes sense. A lot of times in improv and in improv class or an improv performance, you will have actors that continually come in and out of the scene because part of improv is learning where your place is and what what your role is. Sometimes, especially in classes, there will be improvers who insert themselves way more than other people. Mm -hmm. And it can give you the impression that they think that like they're hot stuff and they should be there all the time. However, I had this conversation with the woman who was the top inserter of herself in two situations. And her opinion was that everybody was way too timid and she was saving the scene every time. Oh. Paul may very well think that he's the savior of your jam session. He might think he's the glue or right. that if he doesn't act wild, no one else will. He's and he's the fun one and that like no one will have fun without him. Or that if he doesn't act this way, people won't loosen up. And these are like things that are ingrained in the back of his mind. He's not actively thinking, how am I going to get these people to be cool today? But kind of. But, but the good news is this, is that if that's how he feels, one, it could be addressed by saying like, here's how you can actually help. And two, he may need to learn to trust other people in your jam session. Mm -hmm. He may need to learn that if he doesn't do the solo, someone else will have the opportunity to do it. So approaching him as, hey, you can help this situation by acting a different way might be a good move. I like that. Trin, I also like that you shared the story about improv class because it's a good reminder that a lot of groups have people like this. Yes. D&D. Yes. Uh, work meetings. Yep. Uh, this is a problem everywhere. 
Like, and maybe if you ask your friends outside of the jam session, like, what do you all do about uh, someone that's just, like, really inserting themselves too much in in, in a group or a dynamic? Because, right. like, people will have things to say. Jen, man, you blew my mind because I bet Paul may act similarly in work meetings. I would think so. That's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like he turns it off. Yeah. So, um. So man. everyone probably hates Paul. <laughs> Yeah, there's just, um, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot going on here. Do Should we in conclusion this shit? Yeah. So um, the two questions. Uh, how, as a community leader, can I talk to him about his behavior? One, bear in mind that he probably doesn't have the language to describe the problems that he's creating. He may not think he's a problem. He may think he's a helper. He may think he's a leader. You are now going to disillusion him quite a bit. <laughs> Also remember that you too have flaws. He has the privilege of being probably hot, cis hat white male. You have other privileges. Maybe you're able-bodied. Maybe you are not chronically ill. Maybe you are cis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bear in mind and think about the way that you confront your own privilege and think about how difficult it can be for you to do that. And as hard as it can be, and as little as I want to say this, try to have a little bit of sympathy with Paul. I know. I know it's hard. I don't I know, say it. I know it's hard to say it. it. But sometimes that's the only way forward. Ugh. Is I know. <laughs> I'm mad. I know it would be so great if Paul was a straight up bully. Because then we would tell you, get him out of there, remove him, keep the other members of the community safe and happy. But from what you said, it sounds like Paul is just frustrating and difficult. Yeah. Life is full of frustrating and difficult people. You know, you're probably difficult sometimes. Yeah. I certainly am. Same. When I'm not playing Spidey, I am a difficult person to be around. <laughs> Jen, let's get you back to your video games. So I still, I, sh- I should do some work today, too. Uh, by work, I mean saving New York. That New York absolutely needs to be saved. What is fair to ask of, me, of your roommate in this situation? Well, listen, what's fair to ask of your roommate is parody with the situation that you have with your partner. You will always like your partner more than you like Paul. And regardless of how kind and wonderful and blah, your roommate may agree with you that your partner's great, great and wonderful, but she's not fucking your partner. She's fucking Paul. She's fucking Paul. I'm so sorry about that. Don't picture it. Please stop thinking about it. Uh, Now we're all thinking about it. He doesn't have his clarinet when he's fucking her, I promise you. I mean... Uh, so as as shitty as this sounds, um, you are already kind of on the right path with that. Yes, stay at your partner's. But when you say, hey, I need him around less because he bugs me because of this situation, it would be fair of you to also put the same limitations on your partner. Yeah. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah, this sucks. This sucks. Also, again, I know we kind of mentioned this earlier, but we would love a follow-up because, again, we don't fully understand what Paul's behavior is. We hope we got it right. Yeah, we had to do some some inferring. Yeah, and I would love to know how correct our assumptions are. I kind of think you need a new hobby that's not this musical thing, <laughs> but that's just me being judgmental. Have you considered cross-stitch? Woodworking. Woodworking is very cool and Something dangerous. quiet. <laughs> Woodworking isn't quiet. Well, doesn't involve other people. Whittling. Whittling. Whittling of driftwood. Video games. Video games can be very quiet, too. Just not where, just not where other people are, instead of talking, they're singing. <laughs> God, it's so funny because Jen and I hate theater kids so much, but I am 100% like I was a theater kid in high school, and you have a college. Be- and you have a beautiful singing voice. Thank you. But you don't say, thank you. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> This has been friendshiping. Uh, anyway, this has been friendshiping with Jen and Trin. 
God. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at Do Friendship. If you want to complain about Paul, you can also do that. Uh, email us at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Molly Lewis for, think- for thinking, for singing. I mean, she thought about the lyrics yeah. and then she sang them. Thank you. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for designing. Thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Your friendship at the problem. Uh, uh, what's it called when you think about your what you do? Self-reflection? Mm. That's the one. Okay. That's one of them. Oh, mindfulness. Mindfulness.